This podcast is brought to you by Blackbee Ministries International. To find out more, visit blackbee.org. Well, welcome back to another episode of the Richard Blackbee Leadership Podcast. My name is Sam, and I'm your host, and we are here to help take your leadership to the next level. And here to do that is Richard Blackbee. Hold on to your hats, because we want to go to another level. Exactly. If I had a hat, I'd be holding it right now. <laughs> hey, if you're listening to this, if you're a real keener, and you and you are listening to this the morning that it comes out, which these drop uh, every Tuesday morning at 5 a.m. Eastern Time. So if I'm you're listening... waiting for it. If, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, me too. I'm, I usually set my alarm so I can... <laughs> Eager to listen back, <laughs> uh, but if you're listening to this morning that it that it airs, then uh, uh, in a few hours from now uh, at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, we're doing the uh, October monthly uh, devotional series, and yep. that is going to be on our Facebook page and on our uh, YouTube channel. You just search Blackaby Ministries, and you'll be able to find it. And we started doing these uh, back at the beginning of the year uh, when when COVID was. Uh, shutting everything down, and um, we were doing those weekly because you weren't going anywhere. So we yeah. said we might as well do a do a weekly uh, live uh, devotional uh, with Richard. And uh, since you've started traveling, we we've cut it back to once a month. And so October twentieth uh, will be the the day of the month that we do it for October. And so if you're listening to this early enough, then uh, we'd love for you to hop over to our Facebook page or our YouTube channel and check that out. Um, and with that out of the way. Uh, today, Richard, we're talking about fear. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know, it's an interesting. There's a lot to be. I could say there's a lot to talk about. There's a lot to fear. Yeah, <laughs> well, there is a lot to fear besides fear itself. Um, but uh, yeah, why don't you set it up for us? Well, I've, I suppose, I've just learned uh, increasingly over the years that to be a good leader, you have to have courage. It just takes yeah. courage to lead and. Um, and especially in this environment, there's such a, there's a cancel culture, there's shaming, there's uh, boycotting, there's all kinds of trolling and angry comments and disagreements. It's, uh, it used to be that you could disagree with people disagreeably or, or agreeably. And now it's, if you're not towing the line, uh, you need to be attacked and shamed and so on. And so, uh, and there's just a lot of, political correctness that at times as a leader you're going to want to not go along with and that takes courage uh, and yeah. you're going to have critics you're going to have power brokers uh, that are going to want to pressure you into doing what they want and the easy thing often is just to go along with keeping everybody happy yeah uh, but it takes courage to go against the grain to take a stand uh, to do something that's unpopular and uh, and courage is a is kind of a fascinating thing, as is fear. And I want to talk just about facing your fears today. And it's interesting to me just watching people. Uh, people are afraid of different things. It's not just that fear is the same for everybody. Yeah, Fear is one of those really unusual things because a person could be not, not the least fearful of some dangerous thing. I mean, they might want to go motocrossing and they, they might want to go rock climbing or zip lining or, or para, you know, skydiving and, and get a kick out of it. And then yeah. all of a sudden a spider crosses their knee and they freak out. It's like, well, you, you skydived <laughs> and you weren't afraid of that, but you were afraid because you saw a spider on your crawling across your jeans that what on earth is, you know, like in a scale of magnitude, what you should be afraid of and not uh, doesn't make sense. But 
but that's kind of the way fear is. We all have uh, our fears and and they're different and um, it's not the same for everybody. So I, I've, I've mentioned my twin grandsons uh, a lot, but uh, it's been a fascinating study for me because they're, they're fraternal twins, they're not identical, but they're both five and they've had the exact same life, same parenting, same everything. And yet you'd think, and the same you know parenting, so you think, uh, well, their fears ought to be pretty similar. Whatever bad experience one has had, the other's had pretty well the same bad experience. So if, if anything is going to cause fear, they ought to be pretty well fearful of the same things. Uh, and yet that's not really the case. Uh, I remember uh, before COVID that uh, uh, my son Daniel had a, a, a family past uh, Six Flags. And so he'd take his kids there on weekends and, uh, and they were trying to get into the roller coaster scene oh, yeah. uh, as five-year-olds there's a kind of a height limit to what ones they can ride but uh gotta wear your special shoes so yeah you can... your thick insoles uh <laughs> you so you're just tall ride. enough to get in that next level uh and emerson is two minutes older and uh he was handling i think it was a spider-man ride or something that uh was for them was kind of their scary ride that they yeah. were just stretching into and uh Logan is is uh, two minutes younger, and he was a little more nervous of that. Uh, and you, you can't really explain it. It's a safe roller coaster. It's uh, not it's not one of the real big ones. But for some reason, Emerson he's a little bigger, a bit stronger, and so uh, for whatever reason, he just he could handle it better. And uh, but then, like we'd go to the beach uh, to Destin a year or so ago, two years ago. And uh, Logan is running straight into the waves, and Emerson's hanging around at the shoreline, intimidated. Um, and it's like, well, Emerson, when it comes to roller coasters, you're somewhat fearless, but now you're afraid of waves rolling into your ankles, uh, and your brother's not. What? Uh, mm. And then we, then his parents enrolled him in karate, and Emerson is bigger, he's stronger than his brother. Uh, he's, I'd say, he's more athletic. Um, but for some reason he just got really nervous. Yeah. What, what if I fail? What if I, I don't know how to do this. And he wouldn't go out onto the floor for the karate lessons. And his brother Logan, who in some ways is not as maybe quite as athletic as his brother, he's out there like a dirty shirt, just going <laughs> and facing it. And so for the first round, uh, they finally, after several lessons they the parents just kind of gave up on and and the son who's better equipped to learn karate is the one who's for some reason is afraid and unwilling to try and they keep saying if you just try it you can do this and he's even going home emerson's going home afterward and he's just watching his parents made him go and just watch his brother watch the lessons he'll get home and he's doing the routines better than the brother who's in the actual lesson uh, he can, obviously he can do it all, but mm. there's this fear block that is for some reason just paralyzing him. Eventually he gets over his fear and, uh, and he, this, the second round of lessons, he jumps in. Now he's a whole, uh, series behind his brother. So the whole time they continue through karate, he's always a color less than his brother because it, he, he was afraid to start at the same time. And Logan eventually decides to face his fears, and he picks the scariest-looking ride that he can legally go on at his height. 
and says, I want to ride that. And, and I've got a picture, actually. I should Maybe we can post it on uh, the, the uh, site for this podcast, this look of him terrified but just determined that he's going to face his fears and ride this scary ride that takes you up in the air and then drops you and so on. And, and I, I was proud of both boys uh, for finally facing their fears yeah. and mov- moving on, not being stuck. But it does raise a question for me as a leader, as a grown adult. I mean, you don't overcome your fears just by becoming an adult. Uh, a lot of adults have fears, and oftentimes they're not even rational. Uh, you can't even explain it. It's just that every time I think of doing this, I, I start my heart starts racing, I start panicking. and uh, I have a fear of needles, and it's extremely <laughs> rational. <laughs> yeah. Now, I can see that. I can see that. Well, you know, it's, it's, but you're, you're a classic example. Like you skydived, like you jumped out of airplanes with nothing but a parachute saving your life. Well, and another guy strapped to me. So it's jab, yeah, but <laughs> who knew but, how to open the parachute? <laughs> but then, uh, but then, yeah, then go get a needle. And it's like this big, uh, strong guy. Uh, what, isn't it funny? Like it is, it you, really you, is. And, and you hate yourself for that. I mean, like I just kick myself and saying, Richard, get over this. Oh, like, I like with the needle thing, and I and I it has like you know all joking aside, it has it has gotten better, and and I never, I growing up, I don't think I was ever afraid of needles, um, and they really like it's not like the pain of the needle, um, but there was for a while there, like I, I would actually even black out after yeah, and that's, getting it, like it's just a flu shot or whatever, you yeah. know, just some not not some, you know, huge. You know, medieval needle. It's just, and you're like a healthy, strong guy. Like, yeah, there's, there's yeah. no reason whatsoever. But it was you. just, it was just, even just like I think being in the the doctor's room, and as there was just <laughs> there was this. I don't know what it was, and I'm sure any psychologist listening can uh, maybe break that down for me. But yeah, all you psych majors, yeah, here we go. Take, yeah, it was explain just Sam. Yeah, it was, it was just really fascinating <laughs> to see. Um, just it's there's no who knows where that came from but it but it was there and it was very real yeah too yeah there's no doubt that you're not feeling fear the the yeah. experience of fear but where does that come from and and how do you get over it because fear is a huge thief it robs you yeah uh it robs you of of all kinds of things peace of mind confidence uh robs you of opportunities because you're just too afraid to try it or yeah. uh can rob you of health because you're afraid to get a medical procedure. Go. I, I know people are just afraid of the doctor in general, and so they just don't go. And and they yeah. maybe have a, some pretty serious uh, symptoms going on, but they're they'd rather they'd take rather the face the symptoms than, than the face the doctor. Yeah. And it's like fear robs us of so much. And as leaders, I just don't know how you can lead effectively unless you manage your fears and yeah. you you figure out how to overcome them because. I feel like we, most people, there, there's few people that are truly fearless yeah. of everything. Well, and I like how you said that if we learn how to manage our fears, and I think that's the key because it's not like you have to be fearless, Yeah. Um, but, but how to overcome those yeah. fears. So I, you know, I've got a couple of just observations, and then uh, maybe after the break we could talk about a few things to do in response. But uh, I, I have found, and again, this is, this is not, I, I don't have a, I'm, I'm a psychology minor, but uh, um, one thing, I, I, it seems to me that a lot of our fears as adults are based on our, our childhood or our past. Something happened in our past, we may not even remember, and I don't want to get into Freudian kinds of things, sure. but uh, some insecurities, somehow we picked up along the way, something happened, 
um, we saw something, we experienced something, and now uh, it, it's embedded in our in our psyche somehow. I you know, I think about a person like uh, Joshua in the Bible. You get to Joshua chapter one, and God keeps saying to him, "Fear not, uh, have be of good courage." Yeah. And it's like, why do you have to keep telling him this? Like he's been Mo- jo- uh, Moses's general, like he's been the guy running the army. Uh, why is God having to keep telling him, don't be afraid, don't be afraid? Um, and you know, the Bible doesn't really tell us why God does that, but uh, the fact is, Joshua grew up as a slave, he grew up watching Egyptian taskmasters whipping the adults in the group. And uh, yeah. if, you, if you messed up, you're being told you're a worthless slave uh, as a Hebrew, as Joshua as a, a child. And so you only can wonder what scars he had to overcome. Now that now he's not a slave anymore, now he's a general of an invading army. But uh, any insecurities he has to overcome, you just kind of wonder... Uh, wh- why it is God keeps saying, uh, don't be afraid. I, I remember working with uh, a guy, a, a CEO. He was, he's a billionaire. He's, he's worth over a billion dollars with his own company that uh, he's started and developed. And, uh, and it was interesting at a certain point, he, his, his wife and friends are all telling him, you're a workaholic. You don't need to work that hard. You're, you've built a company to over a billion dollars of worth. You're, you're very successful. Why are you working night and day and, and neglecting family and yeah. neglecting take other a, things? Take a vacation. Yeah, and <laughs> uh, and then and basically he came to realize that growing up, he would at night he would every night he'd go to bed and he would hear his parents fighting over money hmm. that they couldn't afford to pay their bills and what why hmm. why is this electric bill so high and how are we going to pay that and what what do we not pay this month so we can pay that and. And he just grew up as a child hearing the, the, the pain that lack of money caused. And he, as a child, basically said, I, I don't want to ever be poor. I, I don't want to ever get to the point where money is something I worry about and I'm afraid I can't pay my bills. And so he's a billionaire now. And he, he has no debt. Uh, he, he's in incredible financial position, but he still feels, but what if that's not enough? What if I... Yeah, mm-hmm. what if a billion isn't enough? You know, what if I need two billion to be safe? And he realized that he's got this fear of poverty, fear of somehow being financially vulnerable, and so and it's not rational, obviously. Yeah. Um, yeah. But but he's in, he's brought that with him from his childhood, and and I know people that have failed. I know people that for, maybe they tried out for the football team or the basketball team and they got cut. They didn't make the team. Now they're grown adults, uh, intelligent, gifted people, but they're still afraid to try because back as a kid, they tried a couple of things and they didn't succeed. And so now it was so shameful. Maybe they were made fun of uh, for not making it. And so now they just, maybe they just said to themselves, I'm just never going to try again because it just hurts too bad to fail. Um, And and so, you know, oftentimes if I see someone who's afraid, especially if there's, it's not even rational, it's, it's like based on who you are right now, there is absolutely no reason to be afraid. Uh, th- that would suggest to me perhaps you've got some baggage you've carried with mm. you and you've never outgrown the baggage, never confronted it and realized, you know what, I don't need to be afraid of that anymore. And uh, maybe I never need it to be, but certainly not now. A second observation is oftentimes fear is hypothetical 
Hmm. Uh, yeah. It's not even real. It's it's it could this could happen. What if people don't like me? What if I I'm not able to do this job? What if people find out that I'm not as a superhero like I've led them to believe I am? Um, and of course, the news is a master at that, at hypothetical fears. Yeah. Well, if this hurricane turns this way and increases in magnitude and does this and does that, it could be the worst hurricane ever to strike. Uh, or if this happens, the economy could go south and millions of people could lose their jobs and that could lead to a recession. And, and of course, there are possibilities. Things can happen. But um, one thing I've kind of found is that as a leader, uh, you really need to focus on reality. Now, that yeah. doesn't mean that you're not prepared for, it doesn't mean you, you haven't taken out insurance and you, you haven't covered yourself in case a problem arises. It, it doesn't mean that you're completely naive and unprepared. But at the end of the day, your emotions ought to be primarily based on reality, not, not yeah, based on what is happening, not what could happen. Right. Because, of course, bad things could always happen. We're all just one doctor's appointment away from a disaster in our health. Uh, we're one crash, someone rear-ending us from uh, serious medical complications. Uh, if we want to just live in fear, we can constantly be thinking, and that's what kind of a hypochondriac is. is they don't yeah. actually have those diseases, but every little symptom reminds them what it could be, and so they start to get fearful of that. And um, and I know people, sometimes they just their mind just gets racing over yeah. every little thing. Well, if you have an imagination, I think anyone with an imagination can potentially struggle with this one because it's, you know, there's so many possibilities and, and yeah. you can, and sometimes you can like, play it out in your head too. Just play out the whole scene. This is how it's going to go down. I'm going to yeah. do this and that, and this is going to happen. And I know nurses that are vulnerable to that. I mean, they think they feel sort of like, cause they, they know just enough of medical conditions that every little ailment or pain or ache is like, like this is probably nothing, but it could, could be, be it, fibromyalgia. It could be yeah. a tumor. It could be this, it could be that. And it's like, well, it could be, but uh, before you hit the panic button, maybe make a doctor's appointment, maybe check it out, maybe sleep on it, see if that yeah. pain goes away tomorrow. Uh, and so as a, as a leader, you're, you're torn a little bit because you do need to be not unprepared. You do want to get your organization in a place where if disaster does strike, you have a plan, a contingency plan and so on. But, uh, but you also don't want to live in fear over something that could happen. Yeah. Um, you don't have to be afraid of what could happen. You prepare for what could happen, but you don't live in fear over what could happen. Um, and uh, and I think there's a huge difference. I, I've also noticed about fear that fear tends to grow. And so if you don't yeah. confront it, if you don't uh, think it through, if you don't perhaps talk it out with some other folks, uh, if, if you just kind of sit there in your bed at night thinking about what could happen, uh, it tends to get bigger and more intense over time. And every little thing can seem to confirm your worst fears. Uh, yeah, now I've, I've, I've had this pain and now I've, uh, my appetite was a little less today. I wonder if, if that doesn't confirm that there's an issue here. Uh, you know, there's so many things that can happen with that. And, uh, so, uh, I, I, I find that that's why you need to address it because, just ignoring your fears oftentimes tends to just, it, it's hard to do that. It comes back with a vengeance and, uh, and it just continues to grow. And especially if it's irrational to begin with, yeah. it doesn't take much to add to an irrational fear. 
Um, and then I, I, I just kind of piggybacking on that to say that fear is often irrational. It, it doesn't make sense. I've known people that were very, very successful. I mean, you looked at their track record. They all, everything that they're afraid of has never happened. In fact, just the opposite has happened. They've always yeah. been successful, but they still live in fear that their luck is about to run out. Uh, maybe this lucky streak's about over. And uh, yeah, I've been promoted so far, but what if my boss doesn't like this? Or what if this project doesn't work out? And uh, what if the economy tanks right now while we're a little vulnerable? Um, and uh, and so it, it's you, you'd say, well, what fact are you basing this fear on? Where's the evidence that you should even be concerned? Well, uh, you, you can't really point to a particular thing, but I'm just a little anxious about this. Uh, well, what if? What, 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 what are the indications that this is a what if? Uh, you know, where's the evidence that, that anything's headed south for you? Well, there isn't any evidence, but it could. Uh, and so I would yeah. just say don't, don't let the irrational, don't let stuff that's unsubstantiated uh, derail you from what is reality. And I've literally known people that uh, I, they lost marriages, they lost companies, uh, they lost sleep, they lost all kinds of things hmm. over things that weren't even real. Yeah, uh, over the potential... Yeah, they, but it could have happened. Yeah. And I just say, you know, life is complicated enough just dealing with <laughs> yeah. actual what reality. What is happening, yeah. That you don't need to get into a place um, uh, where you're now wrestling with stuff that isn't even happening. And then maybe just a final thing, a fifth thing, is that most of our fears are worse when we're alone. When, yeah. uh, when you're at night, alone, in bed, maybe trying to sleep, uh, you're traveling on the road, you're in a hotel room somewhere. I've had those times. I've, I've, I've been on the road and had strange pains or, you know, th different things happen. <laughs> Is it or, finally the appendix? <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, no, it's going to go and I'm... Wait, which side is that on again? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's always yeah. the appendix, you know. Every yeah. time you've eaten too much at that all-you-can-eat buffet, it's, yeah. it's the old appendix is going. But, uh, but uh, and so I found, and of course, an answer to that is have some people walk with you, have some yeah. calm... Uh, second opinions saying, hey, you know, that's, uh, I, I wouldn't hit the panic button yet. And odds are really low that uh, that, that would actually be that kind of a serious thing. You, or... know, you know, and I think that, which indicates if, if you if you need to have people that you can sort of share these fears with, it indicates that you have people around you that you can trust, that you can be vulnerable with. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, a lot of leaders, as they get closer to the top, there's fewer and fewer people that they can be that yeah. vulnerable with and so yeah. kind of dovetails back into having those accountability uh folks around you're just close friends that 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 aren't your direct reports and yeah. aren't going to tell you what you want to hear that's a good point sam because when you're a leader oftentimes you you don't want people to know how vulnerable you feel uh that that you're if, if you admit as a leader you're afraid of something uh that's not good you're yeah. supposed to be the invincible fearless leader uh, and you're not fearless. Uh, so yeah, sometimes it's really hard to find someone that you trust that's not going to use that against you. Uh, yeah. but, and, and sometimes I find, uh, that it, it can be helpful to get some friends that perhaps aren't in your particular line of work. They're not in your industry, uh, but they're Christians. They, 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 maybe they understand leadership and they lead their own organizations, but, um, but they, you know, they care about you, you know, they're, uh, they're, they're, they'll keep a confidentiality. Uh, and 
just to get a calming second opinion, it, someone may say, you know what, I, I went through the exact same thing, and let me tell you what how it played out for me, and I yeah. did this, right? There's a, there's a legal issue here that uh, protects you, and uh, you can always do this, and it's not as uh, awful as it's been made uh, to appear uh, by the press or uh, you know your HR person or whatever else. So, uh, yeah, one of the antidotes to that, I think, is just have some fellow travelers that you can bounce your fears off and say, I know this sounds crazy, but yeah. I just I can't get this out of my head right now, or I'm just really worried. I, I know I should confront this uh, staff person, or I know I should let them go. I should fire them for that kind of behavior and insubordination, but... Uh, or, you know, I, there's a guy in my church and, and he's carnal and he needs to be confronted, but he's, he's, uh, connected to half the families in the church. And I, I don't know how that would play out. I'm so I afraid to do anything. And, um, and as we've said before, uh, I've had some people just so afraid, uh, to, to face their fears, face what it was that they were, uh, uh, anxious about. Um, and I've said, but you got to stop and think what's worse, living your life in fear, leading in fear, or taking the consequences of taking a bold stand and doing what's right? I yeah. mean, the worst that could happen is maybe you get fired, uh, but you kept your integrity, you kept your self-respect, you stood for what was right, you honored God, right. um, but you got fired. Uh, would, would that be better than to compromise your integrity, harm the church, uh, harm the reputation of God because you were afraid of what might happen if you actually did the right thing. And so you have to kind of think those through. And that's where some fellow travelers helping you look at the situation from every angle uh, is helpful. I think sometimes when we're fearful, we tend to fixate from one particular perspective. And there's more than one perspective. Yeah. And it's good to get the full picture. And oftentimes, once you do that, you're it immediately kind of alleviates the fear because you realize, well, yeah, that may be true, but these six other things are also true. And uh, when I put all that on the table, I don't, I, I think this is doable and I can handle this. Well, let's take a, a quick break here. And when we come back, we'll look at some of the solutions or the antidotes to fear. Richard and Daniel Blackaby will be at the Billy Graham Training Center at The Cove on May 17th through 19th, 2021. The title of this event is On the Move, How God Increases Your Spiritual Influence. It was originally scheduled to be held this year, but due to COVID-19, has been rescheduled. You can find out more and register at thecove.org. Links will also be in the show notes. So Richard, as we face our fears, uh, what's the best way or what are some ways that you have found that... uh, help you overcome those fears when they do arise? Well, a couple of things, Sam, just to touch on. We've kind of touched on some of this already, but one is just refuse to be enslaved to your fears. Just just take a stand and yeah, say, I will not. stop being fearful. Yeah, just, just stop it. Yeah. <laughs> um, 2 Timothy 1.6, uh, Paul, he was dealing with a Timothy who was always apparently wrestled with some timidity and fear. And Paul just basically says, God has not given us a spirit of timidity and mm. fear. Uh, yeah. and, and so when you, if you're living in fear, know that that is not of God. It is just not of God for yeah. you to live in fear. Yeah. And so, uh, just take a stand and say whatever it's going to take, but I'm not going to live that way. Um, you know, it's, and there was a comment recently, not, you know, we don't get really get into politics here, but, uh, 
recently, uh, after Trump had uh, COVID, he just made a comment to say, don't let this control your life. Don't be, af- don't be af- afraid or live in fear. And uh, a lot of people got upset with him and said, that's this very callous view of all the suffering and so on. And, and I don't care which president said that, which political party, anyone who says to the American people, don't live in fear, I would agree with. I would just say, that's, that's now, that doesn't minimize suffering. Doesn't, doesn't mean you don't, aren't careful. Doesn't mean you don't wear a mask. It, yeah. just, it means you, you take precautions, but you can take precautions and not live in fear. Yeah. Um, you know, I, so yeah, d- d- social distance, wear a mask, uh, be careful where you go, but you don't, that doesn't mean you have to live in fear. I, right. and, uh, there's just way too, but it, it literally has become something of a political issue right now to say, <laughs> you can't, you must not care if you're not fearful. And I would say fear robs you of your joy. Fear robs you of your peace. Fear is a huge thief that makes you not try, not, not, yeah. uh, take any risks and uh you that kind of life's not worth living uh you living in fear you might add a few days to your lifespan but it's not the kind of quality of life you want to live so just take a stand and say if if i'm if there's an area in my life where i'm fearful uh i i just i don't want to live there i yeah. i don't think that's of god um living cautiously carefully being a good steward acting prudently that's yeah that's all good um but not fearful Secondly, just uh, uh, look at look at your situation realistically. Uh, fear tends to magnify all the worst case scenarios, but the fact is, it's probably not that. It's probably not going to be that bad. So just take a realistic look and kind of cut that fear down to size and say, "Well, yeah, I should take some precautions, and there is an outside chance that this could happen." So I should perhaps have an escape plan here, but uh, that doesn't mean I don't move forward. It just means I move forward carefully uh, and uh, advisedly. And so just take the necessary precautions and move on. But but oftentimes, the, when you ask yourself, well, what's the worst that could happen? And again, I, I don't want to minimize people or be, be insensitive to people who've lost their jobs, but losing your job is not necessarily the same thing as dying. It's not on the same scale, yeah, you can recover from losing your job. Uh, and so if you had to take a stand or you did the right thing, or you didn't, uh, you know, break ethics, uh, when your boss wanted you to, you, you did the right thing. If you get fired for that, you know what? Tell your kids, tell your kids, I lost my job today because I refused to compromise what was right and good. And kids, I hope that if that ever happens to you, that you'll do the same thing and, mm. and, and watch me. I still have my joy and I, I, I have my integrity and God's going to honor that and give me something else. And so, yeah, sometimes if you stop and really look realistically, you realize, well, it, it's not really the end of the world. I don't need to be quite so fearful about that. Um, and, uh, and sometimes I think you need to also look at not just the fear of what could happen, but but also the fear of missed opportunities. If you're afraid to try, it's like I'm not even going to apply for that job because I'm just afraid that they'll there's better candidates or uh, I'm afraid I'll fail. Or if I, if I risk that or if I attempt that, what if it doesn't work out? So I just won't even do that. Yeah. Well, yeah, you, you may save yourself potential failure, but what are you robbing yourself of by not trying? Uh, what, what if, if you tried, you would have actually had a breakthrough in your career and it would have been resoundingly successful and you would have ended up as a, v, a VP of your company. 
but you played it safe, and so you never stood out. You never had any great successes, and uh, so you just kind of wallowed away down at the bottom for years, uh, living in fear but not failing. <laughs> and, yeah. and I would say if you live in fear, then you have failed. Uh, feel, fear of failure will make you a failure because you won't try. Uh, and so sometimes I think you just have got to go ahead and say, uh, I fear the consequences of fear in my life more than I fear what it is I'm fearing. So uh, a life of fear is a fearful thing. And so you don't want to do that. And and then a fourth thing is just um, steal yourself. Sometimes it's there's just no way around it. It's going to be scary. You know, Sam, you may just have to make that doctor's appointment and go get that flu shot, even though you know it's going to be scary and I've, you know, I've done that. I've had times where I just knew as the leader, I had to do this. I couldn't delegate it. I couldn't have someone else do it for me. I remember one time, just a, a, a major project as a part of, and basically, uh, I, I needed to ask a major donor for about a half million dollar donation. And, uh, I was scared to death. I didn't want to turn off this donor. Didn't want him to feel offended, uh, I, but I couldn't delegate it either. I couldn't have, my, I would get my administrative assistant to ask this person for half a million dollars. It, I just knew that it had to be me, but I didn't want, I hate those kinds of, I, I rarely ever make those kind of asks. And I, um, uh, I didn't want to, uh, everything within me of just recoils at that. And, uh, and I remember having to just, I remember sitting in front of my phone and having to bow my head and pray for the strength to, dial the number and make the call. And I tell you, I was almost sick to my stomach. Uh, and I, but I remember, yeah. I remember thinking, if you're going to be the leader, Richard, you're going to have to, you're the one who has to make these calls. It's the same when I've had to fire somebody. I hate that. Uh, but if I'm going to be the boss, I've got to do boss kinds of things. And sometimes you just, you can't delegate to anybody else. It has to be you. And anyone who's ever led knows those moments where you, you take a deep breath, you bow your head and pray and ask for strength. And then you reach for the phone or you walk in the room or you get up on the stage and you just pray for God's strength. And you know what? Most of the time you're glad you did and it, it works out. And, um, and so some of our listeners just may need to be stealing themselves to do what they know they need to do. Most mm. of us know what we should do as a leader. We know what God's telling us to do, but we need to steal ourselves to do it. And just to get up and say, God, with your strength, I'm going for it. Um, and then just know that, um, fear is contagious. And so if you're a leader and you're, and you succumb to fear, it's going to spread. It's like going to work with w- when you've got COVID, um, it's going to spread. And I, I tell you what, in many ways, fear, uh, is, can be uh, very lethal as well. And so, uh, just know that if you don't deal with your fear, it's going to, it's going to permeate and it's going to affect your whole organization. You're, you, you will end up having a fearful organization that it becomes timid and cautious and, uh, doesn't take risks, doesn't step out and seize opportunities that, that delays when the opportunity is passing, because what if it goes wrong? Uh, and so just know if you don't address your fears, soon it's going to be multiplied down the ranks to all the other people as well. And I would say the reverse of that is courage is contagious as yeah. well. Yeah, I, uh, exactly. Uh, whatever the leader does is going to spread. And so just ask yourself, what character issues in my life do I want to permeate my organization? Do I want my yeah. positive character traits of courage, faith to spread, or am I prepared to let my weaknesses now be duplicated in other people's lives. And then the last one is just 
uh, draw strength from God. God can give you the strength. And by the way, fear is not um, it, it, fear is not a sin. Uh, it, it may sometimes represent a lack of faith, uh, but just being fearful, it's kind of like being angry. It's not necessarily a sin to be angry. It's what you do with that anger that leads to sin. Right. And I would say it's the same with fear. You can uh, Fear itself is a natural uh, human experience, but if it causes you to not obey God, if it t- causes you not to take, stand up and lead, uh, it's going to lead to problems. And so take it to God and say, God, in my human flesh right now, I'm, I'm weak. I'm fearful. And I, I, like I said, I've done that. I've done that a number of times where my insecurities were raging, my fears, what if, uh, I was having to do something I hated to do, didn't want to do, but I realized either I step up and lead or I need to get out of the way and let someone with courage take my place. Mm. But, but this has to be done. And so I prayed and said, God, give me strength. And I mean, I'll tell you what, I, I'm dry mouthed. I'm, my knees are shaken. <laughs> I have hands shaken. But you, you, you walk in the room and you sit down and you lead. And so some of our listeners, there may be something that you know God wants you to do. And, it, and it's scaring you to death. I'll tell you what, it doesn't get any easier waiting till next week to do it. Um, it, it doesn't, you know, just hoping things get easier by just yeah. putting in time. It, it, don't, it typically just gets worse and gets harder. So if you know what it is to do, get alone with God, ask for courage, and then get up and go for it and get it done. And uh, rare, I, I don't know if I've ever regretted uh, sort of summoning my courage by God's help and strength and grace and just stepping forward and getting it done. And then most of the time you kind of say, man, I wish I'd done that sooner. It wasn't nearly as bad as I thought. Uh, I I wish I just had not been immobilized by fear. Uh, I I could already been well down the road, but at least it's, we got it done now and and now we're moving forward. Well, in a day where there's lots to fear, uh, I think this is a very appropriate episode and I appreciate you walking us through this, Richard. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If this is something you enjoyed, it really makes a difference if you leave a review and a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. We always love hearing from our listeners. So email us at podcast at blackv.org.